headed back in. Twindon! A second of the game for Van Veen, and he is loving it! Cornelius on the edge of the ball! It's all around! How special is that for his first Motherwell goal? Slatnik and he shot away! It's a fantastic strike! And it's thundered in by Liam Grimshaw! What a moment for him! The fans' favourite! Hello and welcome to the MFC Podcast. Today we'll look back in a win over Livingston, a defeat against Kilmarnock. We'll preview the next week ahead in terms of the transfer window closing on Thursday night. We'll preview the meeting with Inverness in the Premier Sports Cup. And I'll do so in the company of Jaffa and Gordy Reid. Pepe's now an award winner. So I think that he's, he's pied us for the second time in a row. He's made an excuse that it's his wife's birthday. We'll take it this time. But if he's not back come the end of the week, then that's him. We're looking for a permanent replacement. Gordy, first of all, how are you getting on? And thanks for bailing us out and bailing Pepe out. No worries at all, mate. Thanks for having me again. Jeff, how are you doing, pal? Oh, I'm, I'm getting over COVID, so I'm doing well. Good to hear, certainly. And Well, not obviously the COVID, but it's good to hear that you're doing better. I'll, I'll start with you, Gordy. We'll go back a week to the Livingston game, a 1-0 victory, and what was a scrappy encounter? Now, cards on the table, I've still not been to a league game this season. I've watched back as much of the highlights as I possibly could manage. I didn't quite do the Aberdeen game and watch it back the full 90 minutes. Overall, I guess the game was settled on a very contentious penalty decision, a handball given. Kevin Van Veen steps up and tucks it away. A massive three points in the context that it gave Stevie Hamill his second successive win. Nine points from 12 at that point. It was a day that the result mattered more than the performance. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and even though the game is maybe only just over a week ago, it's, it's I can barely remember that much about it myself, to be honest with you. Even though I was there, it wasn't really one that will live long in the memory. Um, but yeah, I think you can uh, you hit the nail on the head yourself when you said the result was the, the, the most important thing. Um, obviously, coming off the back of the Aberdeen game the week before, where we'd had a good result um, and performance up at Bittaudry. Um we kind of went into it with high hopes. With it being Hamill's kind of first um, first game at Far Park as a confirmed manager, um, I th- it wasn't a class. It'd been in all honesty. I, I think a lot of the games against Livingston very rarely are, to be honest. But um, from when we played okay, but a bit like a lot of the games this season, we, we weren't exactly. Um, we're trying to play a bit more football, but we maybe weren't uh, exactly carving Livingston open. Um, we, we created one or two chances. Um, in the first half, um, and to be fair, you know, it, it did take a, as you said, a kind of let's call it a dodgy uh, penalty decision, and the fact that it was never a penalty in a million years um, to separate uh, the teams. But we'll take it. Um, it. It was a very welcome three points uh, that, that was needed. Obviously, with the result yesterday, no going away, and a few tougher games coming up on paper. Anyway, um, it, it was a result that was that was very much needed, but. Um, yeah, it was not one that'll that'll go down as a a classic by any stretch, but I, I welcome three points. Jaffa, the the importance of winning at home was mentioned on the last podcast. Of course, we had beaten St. Martin and Aberdeen away from home. 
had lost to St Johnston in between at Fir Park. The home forum over the last couple of seasons has been quite disappointing. We've not managed to really turn our, our home stadium into a fortress. Getting that that first win, especially against a team that you would imagine will be there thereabouts when it comes to league placings around ourselves. That's a very significant thing. Livy are a really stuffy team. They were in good form themselves. They'd won at Tanadice. They'd beaten Hibs. So that, so that was a, a significant result in that sense as well. It, it gets you off the mark at home. And now you can look forward to fixtures such as the Inverness game in the Cup and then Dundee United and the, the Saturday following. I definitely, Andy. It's, uh, I think I think one of the things that we said the last time that kind of both teams... Both teams kind of had started to play attacking football, so we had been looking forward to a really good game. Um, but then uh, I sort of said, "Can I predict that will probably be now now?" Um, and we kind of did. We, we sort of cancelled each other out in the first half. Um, I think kind of we we were sort of probably started off brighter, but then sort of Livy were a wee bit better towards the end of the first half. But I think the second half. Uh, uh, performance improved, um, and kind of obviously it was never a penalty. Kind of, God, they said that, and it's sort of right in front of me. And kind of, I always sort of think of these things. How how would I feel if this, this penalty was given against me? And it was as soon as it happened. I, I was the only person sitting in the Cooper round about me that said that was never a penalty. But uh, I'll take it because of all the all the ones that we we haven't got and all the ones that have been given against us that were that were kind of much worse than that. So, um, I it was really important as we sort of said to to actually kind of get points on the board at home and hopefully kind of kick off a run. Obviously, as you say, we've we've now got two home games in the cup and then in the league that that would be very important games to win as well and hopefully we can sort of build in that for, for, for the, the last home game but we'll see what happens Andy It's had to resolve on a positive note there by talking about the win but of course our most recent result was a defeat yesterday we go ahead at Kilmarnock on, giving Van Veen amongst the goals again but a five minute spell in the second half cost us the game we're going to lose 2-1 and Gordy it was a game Looking back on that we controlled for the first 20 minutes, an impressive start, a great move for the goal, a really good run from Dean Cornelius. Blair Spittle splits the Kilmarnock defence with a through ball and Kevin Van Veen puts it away really kind of convincingly. To go 1-0 up and then beast a 1-0 ahead going into the last 20 minutes of the game, it's exceptionally disappointing to come away with nothing. And you also had the situation where Kilmarnock were scraping about for a win somewhat. So it was a real chance to capitalise and it could have made it a near perfect start to the season. Yeah, it was a bit of a frustrating game yesterday um, in the sense that, as you said, we, we started the match really well. Um, first 20 minutes or so, um, kind of kicked off. We, we, you know, we, we'd, we'd left the last few games with two or three wins in the bounce and Got the early goal, which is maybe always a concern when you're on top. And we got that goal early on through through Van Veen, a very good team move, as you said. Um, but the kind of the, the disappointing part was, to be honest, we more or less stopped playing at that point. Um, with a lot of joy early doors out in the, uh, the right hand side, I thought through um, targeting their sort of left back, who was making his debut, Connor Shields was getting a lot of a lot of joy against him. But um, I thought Kelly very quickly kind of got to got to grips with the game. 
uh, and kind of started to, to deal with it a wee bit better. Um, and as I said, maybe from around about this, a 25-minute, half-an-hour mark, we never really got back in the game at all, to, to be honest. Um, we were kind of riding out a lot of the, the, the Kelly pressure for a, for a long period of the game. Um, and it felt in the first half like something would need to change. In the second half, um, we maybe need to tweak something to, to, to try and get a, a grip in the game again. We never really done that. Um, to be honest, in the second half, kind of went more or less the same way with, with Kelly being the the stronger side. Um, as the game wears on, though, you know, I think we got to about seventy minute mark before we before we, Kelly got the equaliser. Just before that, you're maybe starting to think, all right, well, you know, maybe we can just see this one out, even if it's not going to be a classic performance. We might just be able to do enough in the way that we maybe did, say, for example, at St Mirren in, in the first game of the season. But just at that point, obviously, we, we lost two quick goals, um, both disappointing goals to lose from our perspective. Um, balls into the box that we, we didn't really deal with. I thought in the first one, um, if you maybe been a wee bit critical of someone, I thought maybe Stephen O'Donnell was maybe a wee bit slow to react. Uh, and, and the boy Armstrong just nips in to the second ball and gets gets the finish away. Um, I think the second one was the most disappointing of the, of the two. Um, it's like a long ball into the back post. Uh, I'm not really sure what, what our setup was defensively. Um, I would be surprised because Ash Taylor is a Kilmarnock's probably biggest threat from set pieces. I'm not sure if we're marking man for man or if we're trying to mark zone. I'm not really sure. I'm not close enough to what our setup is to, to understand it. But it looked like Sean Goss was picking him up uh, and just going to let him go. Um, so I made a bit of an attempt to, to, to clear it as well and, and never he could have got caught under the ball. So Neither the two of them managed to, to deal with it and, and we lost a, a really disappointing goal. Um, and at that, you know, even before that, but as I say, we, we weren't really in the game for, for, for a lot of it. Um, you thought maybe when the, the, the switch and the, you know, the sentence towards Kilmarnock being the lead would mean that we would, they would maybe then camp in the last 20 minutes and we would maybe lay siege to their goal a wee bit. Again, it never really happened. Ross Tierney had a good opportunity when he got played in. Uh, and the keeper made a save. But other than that, we never really created much. Um, and I know we'll, we'll maybe talk on the sort of remaining signings that maybe need to be done before Wednesday, but I think it kind of showed um, yesterday that we, maybe we don't really have that change in gear uh, when we need it. Hamill obviously made three or four subs, uh, as he's done in previous matches, to kind of bring on guys like Joe Efford, Josh Morris, um, Ross Tierney, as I said, come on as well. To, to maybe give us a wee bit of an injection, but it never really worked. Uh, and we just never really, never really, we made it, it was quite a comfortable three points in the end for Kilmarnock, which given the way they've started the season, it was a wee bit, it was, well, it was disappointing from our side, to say the least. Um, it feels like they could have the two of the games we've lost against St. Johnson and Kilmarnock were arguably two of the, the poorer sides we've, we've maybe played this season. Um, so it was a disappointing result and, and as I said, it maybe kind of highlighted some of the frailties that we've still got in the squad that maybe had can been papered over slightly uh, in the last couple of wins um, against Levy and against Aberdeen. That it maybe kind of showed that they're they're still there and still need to be addressed. Hopefully this week. Jennifer, God to make some really good points in terms of his assessment of the game. The one that sticks out for me though is that we're kind of masters of our own our own downfall again. It's poor defending for that second goal. Really kind of unforgivable the way that we've matched up and Ash Taylor's not going to get many easier goals I know he's hardly a prolific goal scorer but the fact that a guy of that stature 
and physicality. He's able to kind of breeze into our box and and head the ball home. It's, it's really disappointing. I think that matching up Goss with Taylor seems like a very strange move. And I think Liam Kelly also anticipates that Saul's going to make contact with the ball. Instead, he gets caught underneath it. The ball makes its way through and Taylor's got two yards to nod the ball into the net. It does kind of change the complexion of this, of how we started the season as well, I think. It now puts a, a great deal of importance on our next league game against the United. It's, it's, it was difficult to, to kind of watch the highlights after sort of hearing hearing descriptions of the goals and it's I think the only sort of good thing that you can sort of take out it was that Hamill was really critical of the team uh, for the goals that we've lost. Um, and it's it obviously kind of said that the first one can look at sort of individual mistakes, that there's 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 kind of wee bits of bad luck, but there's also sort of just bad defending. Um, but the second, the second goal is just a terrible team goal. It's... As you sort of say, it's like they, they kind of said on Sportsing last night, they, they said it was Zoro Mark, and I'm not sure it was. Um, I, I just think that kind of it's as Taylor doesn't go up straight away, he sort of he drifts in, he drifts in late, sort of he's just sort of walking up towards the edge of the box as the ball's getting getting punted for, for 40 yards away. Um, and it's I don't think that there's anybody actually picks him up, and it's a I think it's. It's only Goss that sort of sees him being unmarked and kind of makes a token effort to go towards him, but knows that he's never going to sort of never going to win anything from him. But I mean, the ball eventually sort of heads it from inside the six yard box, and it's as you say, should Kelly be coming out and to get that? Cause it, it's not even as if he is a monster of a guy, but it's not as if he's had to kind of to to leap like a salmon to sort of to meet it. It's he it doesn't he it does he kind of he actually sort of. Like bows his head a wee bit to head it in. It's, it's he, he doesn't even have to jump. It's just it's just terrible. It's just terrible defending. And it's like I never ever played football to a very high standard. But can I and the Sunday league teams that I played in for Rubens and the DL Arms, it's like if we had given a goal away like that, it's people would have been getting knocked out in the dressing room. It's it's just unacceptable. Um, and it's an, I know that we can't go from. The last six months of the kind of football that we had under Alexander and the start of this season, um, we can't carry change that. Um, we only a handful of new players in, um, can't change that straight away. And it is obviously something that Stevie Hamill's got to work on, but it's it's something that needs to needs fixing. It's something that needs needs kind of needs looked at this week. And obviously, kind of we've got two games this week, so so there can't be that much that much sort of to be done. Sort of on the training pitch because of the two games we've got. So, um, but I, it's just as I say, it was, it was kind of it was criminal defending to be honest. And it's, it's I'm glad that Stevie Hamill came out and said that, and just hopefully kind of, um, that's that out of system kind of will be will be drilled into is kind of how how to defend in the future. So we now head into what promises to be a busy week. You've got the close of the transfer window on Thursday at midnight. We've got the Inverness game on the Wednesday night, and then we'll finish the week with a, a fixture against Dundee United at Fir Park on the Saturday. God, it's been mentioned there by Jaffa that Stevie Hamill's definitely got areas that need improving on. He's already alluded to that fact as well, to be fair to him. 
and says that he hopes to have two or three new players in the door over the next coming days. What do you hope to see from the, the final days of the transfer window? We have obviously had an initial spell under Graham Alexander where the squad was, I don't, I don't want to say strengthened, but it was bolstered by the additions of Josh Morris, uh, Blair Spittle. Um, Oxburgh came in, the, the sub-goalkeeper. I'm trying to think if there is someone else that I'm missing out. Yes, Paul McGinn uh, came in as well. And two out of these four players are now considered first-team regulars, I would say. That said, I don't know whether we actually strengthened areas that were desperately needing strengthened. Since then, Stevie Hamill's come in, he's brought in Matt Penny, he's brought in Stuart McKinstry, who for whatever reason, didn't make the, the 18 for yesterday's game. What areas do you think Stevie Hamill's alluding to? Again, I know he's mentioned he needs a forward player, but do you feel that there's defensive frailties that need the addition of a couple of extra players? Do you think the midfield needs bolstered in any way? And also, can you touch on the fact that Stevie Hamill said that there would be players going out the door as well, Young players might be going out and loan. There might be a few players that are moved on permanently as well. Yeah, there's. It seems like there's. It could potentially be a very busy few days um, if we see through a lot of the stuff that we feel is needed, both maybe in and out, as you mentioned there. Um, I think I said on Twitter last night. I, for, for me personally, I, I still feel like there could be as many as about four or five players needed. Um, however, being realistic with the fact we've got what three three, four days to go, um, I think we'd be doing well to maybe get any more than a couple um, and at this stage. Uh, and, and it becomes a case of just try to prioritise which areas are, are most needed. For me, that would be in, still in the forward areas, probably out wide. I think, we, as I mentioned, with the, you know, speaking of the Kilmarnock game, I think it was apparent, but it's been like that for for weeks, maybe even going back to last season, that we just don't really, um, especially with Kane Willery leaving in the summer, we don't have any real pace in the team uh, and really it, it, it was noticeable yesterday I, I felt at times when when we're in the lead and we're kind of hanging on uh, you know we just couldn't get ourselves out of our own half at times um, you think back to players in the past even like last season with Willery and, and going further back um, you know people like Boley Aribe, uh, Aribe Marvin Johnson Lyle Nearsworth it's just a great outlet to have somebody in the wide areas that you can, can even if it is just sticking a ball into an area, into a corner, and just getting us up the park and, and taking us from from there, it, it's it's something that we really really lack. We're quite a one paced side, and we just don't have that that sort of change in gear, as I said. Um, so I, I mean, I'd be looking at the wide areas. I think we need another striker as well. Um, obviously, Kevin Van Veen's got I think four and five now, um, and had a, a a good, a decent anyway return in goals last season as well. But he's pretty much our only. Um, He's pretty much our only source of goals on a regular basis, to be perfectly honest, in, in the squad as it is. And I think we need to take the a bit of the onus off him by bringing somebody else in. That mother, whether that would mean um, somebody that would maybe alternate with him or whether somebody would maybe go up and play alongside him if we maybe went two up front, I, I don't know, but it, it does at least give you that option. I don't think we've got anyone else, as I said at the moment, who... We could come in and, and, and realistically, I know Connor Shields is seen as a striker, Joe Efford as well, but... Um, what we've seen of those two in the time was, I don't think they're going to get as a regular returning goals. So we need somebody who who's going to help in that sense. So 
they would probably be the two areas that I would be prioritising. Um, we've obviously, as you said, brought in the left back to kind of help recover there. And we've brought in a sub goalie. I think with Scott Ford potentially get into the, the goalkeeping coach side of things. If I was being, you know, if, if, if the, the, the benefit of the, the transfer window starting now, it might even longer to recruit, I would maybe be looking to bring in a centre half, as you mentioned. Um, I know we've got at least four centre halves on the book. I recognise centre halves, first team centre halves on the book. Um, for me, I think we, we could do a stronger option than somebody who's maybe looking at some of the goals we've lost, somebody who's a little bit more solid uh, and maybe a wee bit more pace as well because the four centre-halves we've got are all quite on the slow side. Um, I think for that to happen, we would need to move one on. Most likely that would be um, Oyala, who's obviously not featured this season and looks to be um, looked to be struggling as well uh, at times last year after his injury. But it's a lot easier, it's easier said than done. You know, I'd, I'd, we'd be hard pushed to, to, to get him off the books and or even harder to get him maybe another club to come and take him off his. So I'm not sure we'd be able to do anything on that side of things. Um the other area would maybe be in the midfield, just having that kind of slightly more dynamic kind of defensive midfielder. Uh, in the sort of I'm saying in the Alan Campbell mode appreciate we're not going to get MD uh, and that sort of a that sort of quality, but somebody who sort of fits that kind of bill that gets around and, and, and puts the other team a bit under a bit more pressure when they've got the ball that maybe none of our guys are, are particularly great at doing in that area. But um, I think they'll be the harder ones to do. I, if I was looking at it, I'd be happy if we could just strengthen the forward areas um, for now uh, and then maybe look to see how that does us through to the through to the January window. I think the, the, maybe the tough part, just kind of finally on that for me, is, 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 is because obviously the way things have happened for us in the last few weeks with the change in manager is that at this stage in the market, it, you know, we don't have that benefit of, of starting in June and, or July, even where you've got your kind of a bit more of your pick, if you like, of players. I think at this stage, what we're more likely to get is either loans, as we've, we've got with the, the two players we've brought in, McKinstry and Penny, or you're kind of looking in the kind of the sort of waves and strays market, really. You know, sort of guys that have been out of contract throughout the whole summer and still haven't been picked up. Um, like Snodgrass, obviously, for example. Um, it just becomes a bit more difficult, basically, at this stage. Uh, and I don't really kind of envy Stevie Hamill and the, the rest of the guys at the club their task in trying to bring in the players we need at such a, a short space in time. So I think there's been a few rumours circulating for the last couple of weeks. Robert Snodgrass today in the Sunday Mail being linked with a move to Reading, which... I don't know how much substance that's got, but you would imagine that that would be a, a move that would appeal to the midfielder. He's, he's obviously had success south of the border throughout his career. You'd imagine there would be more money involved in that move as well, which might be a, a decisive factor. The other name that's been floated about over the last 24 hours is Louis Moult. Now, in kind of chats, there's been few conversations I've been involved in and I'm very reluctant to get on board with this move, to be honest with you. I feel that the last couple of years of Louis Moult's career have been so badly decimated by injuries and it doesn't seem to be getting a great deal better over time. I think that we're likely to see very sporadic appearances from Louis Moult if he was to, to rejoin and I think he would command a a fair wage as well, just given the fact that he's coming from down south and also the fact that 
he's got such a history with the club. He would he would almost kind of command a, a bigger wage on the basis of what he's achieved previously at Fir Park. What what's your take on the prospect of a, a Louis Moult return to Motherwell? And I would like to add that I'm in no way demeaning what he's achieved with the club in his first spell. I just really don't want to see that being decimated by a second spell. I admit it, Andy, you hate him. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, to be honest, I, I agree with everything you say. Um, obviously, sort of in my heart, I would love to see Louis Moult back at Motherwell doing what he done the first time. But given given sort of all history of kind of what's happened to him since he left, um, then it's you would need to sort of he would he would need to sort of pass a massive medical for me before you would before you would even consider sort of taking him even on loan. Um, but I, I mean, kind of the prospect of him and him at his best, kind of forging a partnership with Kevin Van Veen re- would really really excite me. But it's everything's tinged away with sort of his injury history, because um, we've we've seen this before with. With people sort of people coming back to Motherwell um, after sort of having careers elsewhere and sort of and coming back completely sort of unable to play, uh, like you look at Brian McLear when he when he came back and stuff like that, and it's there's just a history sort of 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 players in the past who have come back with injury problems and they just haven't got gone with us, um, so. The fact that kind of everything is so finely poised with it, with it, with the squad, with with Hamo and sort of everything needs to be done quickly. It's, it's I, I don't know whether I would, I don't know whether I would take a chance on him unless he's unless sort of he's been doing loads of things for Motherwell behind closed doors that kind of that we're not seeing. But I I just don't think that's I just don't think that's the case. Um, it's, I kind of agree with Gordy and all the sort of on most of the positions he was talking about, sort of needing to needing to freshen up. Apart from the apart from the midfielder one, because it's it's I think kind of we've got we've got tons of midfielders, um, and then kind of much like he was saying about the centre half kind of thing. It's ideally you would like a, another centre half going in, but unless we see centre halves going out, you can't see it. I think it's the same with midfielders. It's like unless. Unless we're shipping out a few midfielders, I can't see us bringing in anymore. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, I've always kind of thought if you're looking for an Alan Campbell type, then sort of the guy who who sort of has broke all his records kind of gives you that. And Barry Maguire, it's I think kind of I think he can he can do that if he's got the right set up round about him. But I think sort of when Alexander was trying to play him in that position. He was expecting far too much out of him with nothing sort of because it's we're just launching balls up the park and the midfield was pushing up to to kind of try to, to back up the forwards. The ball was just coming back and he was kind of on, on his own with nobody sort of giving giving any any support to the fullback. So he was having to get across the park and stuff. He was just running himself into the ground and not being effective. Um, so in the, the sort of new way that Hamill's playing, it's kind of it's I could see Barry Maguire sort of coming back in and sort of featuring as as that sort of uh, all action kind of all action uh, defensive midfielder. But um, ah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of days. Obviously, Hamill has said he's looking for two two forward players. Uh, I, I would kind of like to think one of them is as a kind of striker. One of them 
as more of a kind of winger type thing. Um, and then obviously with McKinstry to come into the come into the, the team whenever whenever he seems fit or whatever, then uh, hopefully that gives us that different dynamic and sort of for what I remember McKinstry's quite a quick a quick young player for what I saw him in the youth team. But um uh, but we'll see we'll see what happens. It's it's always interesting we we the kind of you, you kind of think of the people that you would like to see us bring in, and it's it never as usually those kind of players that, that we bring in. It's usually kind of guys who you've never thought of or, or didn't think would be available to us. And it's um it's I've got faith in the I've got faith in Hamill's sort of knowing the the, the play, people that the type of people he wants to bring in, um and bringing in the right ones. So aye, aye, we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. I suppose the other thing we've got is that both Penny and Stuart McKinstry haven't had any game time yet since they've come in. So it is two players that will add to the squad. We don't really know what life is like with them and the team. So that that could be that could be interesting to see how that develops. We're running out of time here, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll finish with yourself again, Jaffa, and and just ask you for a quick preview of the, the Inverness game in the Premier Sports Cup, a place in the quarterfinals up for grabs at Fir Park, an Inverness side in pretty poor form, it must be said. They've lost 4-1 to Patrick Thistle and then followed it up with a 1-0 home defeat against Morton. It's, a, it's an excellent chance to progress. Uh, we've never beaten them in the Scottish Cup, so it's it's been a bit of a mixed bag there. It's a banana skin, but it's one that we should really be looking to negotiate. And hopefully it will provide an opportunity to give some of the fringe players a bit of time as well. You'd like to think so. Um obviously sort of you're playing a you're playing a, a championship team. Um so you you've got to sort of take that into consideration. It's like they've they've not they're not sort of setting in the championship heather and fire. So it's it's you would like to think that kinda that, that at home, uh, on a beautiful new surface that we're gonna kinda have a we're gonna have um too much for them, uh, and as you say, it would be it would be quite nice. Uh, obviously, kind of Stevie Husney been shy and, and put some of the youth players on the bench, and um, hopefully, sort of we, we can uh, we can absolutely dominate the game and sort of maybe get some of the young players on, give them a bit of, get, give them a bit of experience, get some of the guys that, as you say, that sort of have only just come into the club. Um, Mark Penny, not Alex Penny, um, get maybe see him play start a game, kind of. Hopefully, as you said, McIntyre can can maybe play some part in it as well. Um, but I, it's going to it's going to be an interesting one because obviously, kind of all you're looking for in the uh, in the league cup um, as a as a home draw, um, and obviously being CD get into it, sort of you knew you were going to get uh, hopefully sort of a beatable team and kind of a beatable team at home with a quarter final up for grabs. The one thing that I do know is it's kind of the the attitude getting into it from the management side will be much different from what it was under Alexander, who I think saw cup competitions as an irrelevance. Um, whereas, like obviously for the fans and kind of pretty much everybody else, um, it's their one chance for glory. So it's uh, it's I think Stevie Hamill will, will take that into into the game, kind of knowing that it's it's a must win for us. Um, but I as go into it, kind of. Hoping for the best, kind of fearing for the worst, but kind of hoping for the best. Nice. The plan is to 
do a, a further podcast following the Inverness game in the close of the transfer window. So, a bit of a shorter episode today. But first of all, thank you, Gordy, for, for filling in for Pepe. He has said he'll be back for the next episode. So, we'll wait and see. Although, if he wins another award during the week, he might get even more big time and, and just ditches. <laughs> but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. But thank you very much for your time and your, your very insightful views. No worries. Thanks for having us on. Jaffa, thanks as always, mate. No worries, buddy. It's good to hear for you. You've been listening to the MFC podcast. We'll be back later on this week. Until then, thank you and goodbye. My name is Erno Rubik. I made the cube. Probably you heard about it. Tumbling, fumbling around my head. You know my love, and baby, don't back down.